Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Beef Upfront Podcast weekly college football show. This year is Ryan Coyle, joined by Joe Kometz for the Week 7 show, so including that Week 0 show, our eighth show of the season. Can't believe how fast it's flying by, but this, this might be our best week yet, I think, Joe. Uh, but before we recap last week and get into this week, welcome back to the show. And how about those Mets? It's disappointment. It's just they constantly disappoint me. I get my hopes up. The worst part is, though, there's still like small pockets of Mets fans going, well, guys, hey, we want 101. No, no, no. The season is a failure. The Mets <laughs> had a chance to put the division away. Couldn't do it against Atlanta. Fine, whatever. That sucks, but we okay. We have the wild card at home against San Diego. Trent Grisham, second lowest batting average of all time, minimum 400 at bats, batting 186 going into the series. Casually has a home run in game one and two. He had like two, he had like six RBIs, and he, I think he was batting like 700 in the series. Chris Bassett, I don't want to see in a Met uniform ever again. Like, I get he's not a strikeout pitcher, but at some point you got to pitch the ball past the player. That's all I'm going to say because I can go on about the Mets for hours as a college football show. I don't want that to distract from this might be our best weekend regular season-wise since you and I have been doing a show in terms of ranked versus ranked games. We have six ranked ranked games. We're only going to, you know, go in-depth on five of them. We're going to touch on the other one. But still, great week of college football. All right, before we get into our great slate ahead, we will recap last week just like always. Not a good week for either of us last week, Joe. I went 7-10, and 3-2 and two straight up. I've – the best I've done all year, three and two straight up. I have three and two every week. One week I went two and three. Can't get that fourth or fifth win. Uh, against the spread, one and four, over under three and two. Upset special and best bet, no surprise, 0 oh and one. It's, it's, like I said last week, it should just be called the worst bet. But that pushes my record to the year to 56, 60, and one. So kind of right around 500. Joe, you had your poorest week of the season going seven and 10 as well. Uh, and two and three straight up, by far your worst week there. Against the spread, you were one and four over under two and three, but you did hit your upset special with Navy destroying Tulsa, and then you also hit your best bet in some action as well. That puts your record to 62, 54, and one on the year. Um, so now, like we were saying, probably the best week of the season, at least so far, um, ahead of conference title game weekend. I don't know. Looking forward that we'll get much, much better college football this year. So without further ado, we'll start it off. Uh, the big noon kickoff on Fox. We have number 10 Penn State at number five Michigan in the big house. 12 o'clock on Fox, Michigan. Seven point favorite over under here is at 51. I hope this is the last week Michigan's on big noon kickoff, dude. I think they've been the big noon kickoff or on the noon ABC game every week. Like, I don't know. This is a great game. Like, I mean, still, we've, I've been seeing way too much of Michigan. Um, so much so that Fox had to make a no Urban Meyer signs rule at because they do their kickoff show for Michigan every week. Um, but that being said, I got Michigan winning this game 21-17. I think the under is a, is a very good bet here. I have Penn State plus the seven, but I think Michigan's going to end up winning. I Sean Clifford's had a great year so far. Do not get me wrong. Penn State is deservedly number 10 in the country at 5-0. and They've played a much better schedule than Michigan. However, I still can't shake the fact that this is – this guy like the Bo Nix of the Big Ten like except just has more wins like I think that's really the only difference like I don't trust this guy Michigan still has a solid defense not as good as it was last year but I still think really good 
Last week's game against Indiana, I guess it was kind of a weird fluke. They were in a look-ahead spot. And, you know, what happened with their coach having a seizure in the middle of a game, I think that just kind of threw them off. You know, they ended up winning. They ended up coming out in the second half and winning, I think, by like 21 still. So, I mean, that was still pretty impressive. That being said, I think the big house, the home atmosphere is just going to be a little bit too much for Penn State to overcome. If this game's in Happy Valley, I think Penn State wins by two touchdowns. I just think this game being in Ann Arbor is the big difference. Yeah, this is a we'll be saying this all all show, but a real good game and a real big game going forward for what it means for the rest of the season for both these teams. I think it is is to major note here. Penn State is coming off a bye in this one, so they have an extra week of rest, extra week of preparation. I don't think that should be taken for granted. Um, not counting their one game in October though that they played this year against Northwestern since 2017. Um, they are only nine and seven in the month of October under James Franklin. They've gotten out to some hot starts in September, but then come October come conference play, they start to slip up. So uh, this game features though, a battle of two of the top defenses in the country, but neither team has really been tested this year. As we talked about in previous shows, Michigan's terrible non-conference schedule. Penn state's not that much better. They did play Auburn, but we know Auburn's not very good these days. Um, so this game is going to tell us a lot about both of these teams and kind of their ceilings. I think going forward, Michigan, by far their biggest test of the year. Uh, both teams are are very similarly built, very good rushing games, very good rushing defenses. You got Nick Singleton for Penn State, Blake Corum, two of the best running backs in the Big Ten, maybe all of college football in this one. This one could come down to the quarterback play, like you were talking about with Sean Clifford. And I haven't been much of a Clifford fan over the years during his time at Penn State, but he has a leg up on McCarthy here in terms of experience. Six years, he's played in a lot of big games, been in a lot of big moments. I think that all that experience could be shown here in this one. This could be like his his Super Bowl, like his like silver lining moment as the Penn State quarterback. So I'm going to go out on a limb and take Penn State on the road here to win outright. I'm going to go Penn State 27, Michigan 23, Penn State plus a seven, obviously, with that. And then we got under 50, or yeah, right under 51 there. Um, I just think someone's got to come out and make a statement against Michigan, shake up that top five a little bit more. And we got Penn State winning this one and maybe propelling themselves into the top five come next week. Now to the SEC, the game I'm looking forward to most on the calendar this weekend. We got number three, Alabama at number six, Tennessee. College game day going to be in the house, 3.30 on CBS. Bama, seven and a half point favorite still over under 65 and a half. It does sound like Bryce Young should be back for this one. I have Bama winning this game 45 to 42 based off of, like you said, Bryce Young should be ready to go. If not, I think Bama will be in some legitimate trouble this week. Last week, I mean, I'm forgetting the guy. I'm blanking on the guy's name right now. But he did not really impress me. Milrow. Uh, yes, Milrow. I mean, they. I know A&M is always just going to be a close game because it seems like weird stuff always happens with A&M and Alabama. But um, he didn't exactly shock the world last week. And Tennessee's offense can 100% keep up with Bama's offense. Their defense, on the other hand, they are, I believe, the third worst pass defense in the country. They give up 307.4 yards per game through the air. I got that stat in my phone here. I saw that on Twitter today that they were one of the worst in the country. I didn't really believe it. And I looked at them like, oh, wow, like, you know, that actually it's true. But um, that's one thing I think Bray Sung is definitely going to be able to throw the ball. I think the over of, uh, I have the over uh, 65 and a half. And I have Tennessee plus seven and a half, like uh, obviously the score indicates. But, um, I don't know. Hennon Hooker is great. This is going to be Tennessee's biggest home game in years. I feel like I've been saying that a lot this year, just about teams. Um, Knoxville is going to be a 
war zone. I've been saying that a lot this year too about places. Um, that, I mean, this is just a game like clear your schedule, sit down on the couch, and just enjoy it. This is like what the third Saturday in October is supposed to be. That's what this rivalry is. Um, the winning team gets to light up the cigars. You know, that picture of Mac Jones looking real fat, looking like me, circulated after they beat Tennessee a couple of years ago. Um, I think they're going to be lighting up the cigars again for like the, I don't know how many straight wins they've had against Tennessee. Mm. Like Tennessee just can't figure it out against any of their big rivals. I know they ended up beating Florida earlier this year. Um, but now if Tennessee wins this game, we all of a sudden really need to talk about Tennessee being a national title contender because Tennessee still has to go to Georgia later in the year, which will most likely be on our gets blown off the face of the earth. But um, that being said, I think, you know, uh, you're not going to get rich betting against Nick Saban. Yeah. Game I'm most excited for this weekend. Uh, personally, I've never really had like a college team, like college fandom, like you have with, Notre Dame, but I think, I mean, you could call me a bandwagon because they're good now, but I've been finding myself rooting for this team over the past few years. So I think I might claim Tennessee as my team going forward. They play just an exciting brand of football and I like what they bring to the table each week. But I think this spot is just too big for them right now. Maybe a year or two from now, they have the talent to win this game. But so this is year two under Hypo. They don't have all the horses, I think, to compete with Alabama yet. While they're having a great year, I don't think they can take down Alabama right now. Uh, but Bama hasn't looked that dominant, like their dominant self. They've had their moments for sure, but still haven't been domination station this year each and every week. I believe Bryce will be back in this one. The The betting line indicates that as well. And they have the coaching advantage. You put arguably the best quarterback in college football with the best coach in college football. That gives you the, the better chance to win simply each and every week. This game is played in the 40s, though, like you predict, Joe. I'm going to, I think I might give the edge to the Vols, but I think Saban plays this one a bit more conservative. Bryce still isn't that healthy yet. So they kind of play some more conservative ball, maybe a little bit more dink and dunk, less big explosive plays that we're used to seeing from Alabama. They limit the possessions for Tennessee and they find a way to win yet again. I like Alabama 33, Tennessee 24. So that gives you Bama minus seven and a half and under 65 and a half there. Third game of the week, another great one. Big 12 now. It's pretty cool that all our games are from different conferences as well. I think that's the best part of this week's show. Uh, we have number eight, Oklahoma State, at number 13, TCU. 3.30 kickoff on ABC, TCU minus three and a half, over under 68. Horn Frogs coming off that win at Kansas where our quarterback, Jalen Daniels, for our Jayhawks, uh, it seems like he's going to be missing the rest of the year after that shoulder injury, so – see how our Jayhawks do, but that still was an impressive win to go into that environment last week by TCU. Yeah, that's a damn shame about uh, Kansas and Jalen Daniels. I mean, you know, that, you know, great season. They could honestly lose out in this season still success. Like, no one was expecting Kansas to be anywhere sniffing near the top 25. And they were, you know, a, you know, a shaky non-PI call away from maybe beating TCU. Um, that being said, though, I got Oklahoma State winning this game 28 to 24, going on the road, winning outright. So they're going to have that plus three and a half, taking the under of 68. I don't know. I feel like this is going to be a low scoring game. I never thought I'd use the word emotional hangover after coming off a win against Kansas, but here we are. TCU's got a lot of, you know, a lot of wind in their sails right now. 13th in the country. They're, you know, they're cruising. This is their biggest test of the season. I think Oklahoma, I think these are the two best teams in the Big 12, which, the one thing the Big 12 is going to benefit from the most next year, getting Cincy, Houston, UCF, and BYU, 
is that it's not going to be a true round robin where basically every team except one is guaranteed a bare minimum one loss. That's mm-hmm. the one thing that's blown the Big 12 back these past couple of years. A lot of teams will have one, you know, like last year, Baylor had two losses. That's because they had to play every team in the conference. Then they had to play again, like Oklahoma State ended up, obviously they lost, but still they had one loss going into the Big 12 championship game. Um, that also is what makes this conference so much fun because anyone can win it. Um, that being said, I think Mike Gundy, I really think this is kind of, if it doesn't happen this year, he just needs to go. Because it's crazy. So like, I don't mean fire him. I just mean like he needs to move on to a new job. Like I think there was a rumor that came out. He was like interviewing for the Bucks job a couple years ago, you know, when it was open back in the day. I mean, he if he doesn't win it this year with, you know, Spencer Sanders' last year, you know, he's a fantastic quarterback. He's been playing out of his mind. Um, this is going to be Oklahoma State's biggest test. I believe they have a – oh, no, they don't have a bye next week. I don't know. I thought they had a bye coming. Um, but they, Oklahoma State, you know, look at their schedule now. They're at TCU, obviously, this week. They have to go – they host Texas. With Texas with Quinn Ewers is a completely different football team. And they have to go to Kansas State and then to Kansas. They still have Oklahoma. Oklahoma State still really has the, you know, the meat of the Big 12 still on the bone. So definitely, you know, they can't really be looking ahead here you know, I don't think they will. I think TCU is kind of the upstart program. This is kind of, you know, Oklahoma State's been the more consistent program. This is going to be, you know, the maturity level is there. Their guys know what to expect. I think they're just going to get the job done. Kind of a grinded out, you know, close game, but they're never really going to be in danger of losing it kind of game. So give me the Cowboys uh, 28-24. I like Oklahoma State too. I'm going to take them 37-33 here over TCU. So covering that plus three and a half, winning outright and over 68 um, this is that typical like false flat spot that we've seen from Oklahoma State, I think, over the year. And that almost was last week as well with uh, Texas Tech giving them a real scare, but they still found a way to pull off the win, win by 10, I believe, the final was. And then TCU, as we talked about, went to Kansas in the Jayhawks' biggest game of the past decade and pulled out an impressive win as well. So these are the two top teams in the Big 12 right now. Uh, so we should be in for a really good battle. Didn't think the potential best quarterback matchup of the season – in all of college football, maybe even could be between Max Dugan and Spencer Sanders. But, you know, here we are. They're both firmly in the Heisman race. Pretty crazy how even these two teams are in scoring. Looking at their stats on ESPN, they both average exactly 46.4 points per game. And Oklahoma State allows 24.8 points per game. TCU allowing 23.8 points per game. So nearly identical in those margins. Doesn't get much closer to that. Um, I think this one's going to come down to who can get a stop when it matters. I think this is the game that OK State, Spencer Sanders, Mike Gundy, they've been building up to these past few years. TCU in the first year under Sonny Dykes and this new program after Gary Patterson. um, I didn't think that they were going to be this good this fast, and I think they're going to be here to stay going forward. But I think just at this stage of the new program, it's just too big of a spot. So I think Oklahoma State, with that experience, the build-up, go on the road for the win here. Um, so they cover that three-and-a-half and over 68 hitting. Really good game. I think this could be the best one of the weekend. Number four on the schedule of our big five games, we have number 15, NC State, which Devin Leary might be out, I heard today. Has, a, I believe, a shoulder injury that could restrict him from playing. At number 18, Syracuse in the Carrier Dome, 3.30 p.m. Joe, this is your – weekly or monthly, I guess, maybe uh, you haven't done it much this year, complain about the the time of the game and the channel. This is on the ACC network. Syracuse was three and a half over under 44. Guess what I was just about to do when you said that. 
This game being tucked away on the ACC network is a crime. I get 330 is loaded. You have Bama on CBS. You have the game we just talked about, Oklahoma State on ABC. You're telling me they couldn't throw this as the ESPN game? You know what I mean? Like, I get, you know, you know them trying not to compete with Fox at big noon. And ESPN does own, you know, the contract, you know, for SEC and, you know, the Big 12 game. So I get why they would put it, I guess, like tuck it put it on ESPN. I mean, what's the, whatever game on ESPN cannot be better or more high stakes than this game. Because I never thought I'd say this sentence either. If Syracuse wins this game, which I have them winning 32 to 28 because of exactly what you said, Coyle. Devin Leary's out. NC State looked ugly for dear life against State at home, but they they did not look the same without Devin Leary. Um, I have Syracuse covering that three and a half, and I have uh, the over of forty four. You know, going to the carrier. I lost there for a second quote. Can you hear me? Yep, I can hear you now. They can edit Um Yeah, I mean, this is the biggest game for Syracuse in years. They win this game. They're a top 15, maybe top 12 team, depending on what happens, you know, ahead of them. Um, obviously, now they have a gauntlet coming up. I believe they play Clemson, Notre Dame, Wake Forest, and uh, Florida State all in like a span of like five out of six games. So we're going to find out real quick how good or bad Syracuse really is. But um, – that being said, I mean, this is a solid team. Dino Baber's kind of gotten off the mat. You know, coming into the season, he was on the hot seat. He's all of a sudden got Syracuse, you know, 18th in the country. You know, not one's talking about Syracuse. Either. Like, they're probably the quietest top 25 team right now. And they just have a ton of exciting wins. You know, letting Virginia come in that game we watched Friday at your house. You had Syracuse, you know, on the spread. That was my best bet. Didn't hit. That sucked. The Purdue game, they're winning on, the, like, the last minute. That was great. You know, this is a this is a fun team to watch. You know, I don't know how good they're going to end up being this season, but every Syracuse game is going to be a game. Hey, let's throw that on at least a side TV. They're a fun team to watch. I think they're going to be able to handle NC State if Devin Leary plays and he's healthy. That might be a different story because I'm a big Devin Leary guy. I'm a big NC State guy. But NC State, you know, surviving. You know, I don't know how much confidence they have in the backup. Give me the orange. To answer your question, the 3.30 game on ESPN Saturday is Arkansas-BYU. So they probably had that one slated off from the beginning of the year. And the ESPN2 game, I think, in Maryland-Indiana, they should bump that to, like, the plus or something. Oh, my God, yeah. That's 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 a catastrophe that that <laughs> game is on national TV and this game is only for people who pay for ACC Network. That's terrible. I'm going to go with Syracuse here as well, Joe, 28-24. So I have them winning by four points as well, covering that three and a half and over 44 hitting. So we're same across the board here. This is like last week where I didn't think we would see TCU and Kansas maybe on the sheet all year. I really didn't envision Syracuse making the show all year. Hats off, though, like you were saying, Joe, to Dino Babers, as well as the Syracuse administration for giving him another year, and they're getting rewarded for it. You said, Joe, though, they have a lot of tough games coming up. Let's see if they can kind of carry through and finish on a high note. I think eight and four, nine and three, even after this good start, would be still a really successful year for them based off of what they've been recently. NC State has been a pretty big disappointment in my eyes so far, especially on offense. I was expecting Devin Leary to really be going out there, lighting it up, and leading a high power offense. I was looking it up against teams not named UConn, shout out UConn though, and Charleston Southern. 
They haven't scored more than 27 points in a game this year. Not really an explosive offense and a, a team that really strikes fear into your eyes if you're not Charleston Southern or UConn. Hats off to their defense, though. They have been carrying them this season. But this week they get to face off against one of the surprise teams in the country in Syracuse. And surprise offenses as well, 38 points per game, and they rush for 190 yards per game thanks to running back Sean Tucker. If you haven't heard of him and you tune, turn, tune into this game, you sure will. 546 rushing yards on the season through only five games, and as he's just one of the best backs in the country. NC State's weak point on their defense is stopping the run, allowing 113 yards per game. So put two and two together there. That gives me a Syracuse win, a Syracuse cover, and as well as the over hitting 44 i think is a really low number really like the over there and our fifth and final game of the week before we get into the worst bet now that i'm calling it the worst bet now but still we'll we'll count it and the upset special uh we have pac-12 football seven usc at 20 utah eight o'clock on fox utah minus three and a half over under 60 and a half i have utah winning this game 41 38 in a game that it's gonna go final and i'm gonna just be mad looking at the score because Utah has quickly become, you know, they said this uh, on Barstool's College Football uh, podcast, Unnecessary Roughness. They were saying, you know, people love to give Mike Gundy crap for always, you know, not living up to expectations and always playing spoiler, you know, and winning big games, but never making it to like the playoff. Utah now, this was supposed to be their best year. They already have two losses. They host USC this week in a game. They're going to be pissed off losing to UCLA, even though I love DTR. Shout out UCLA. Um, they're going to be playing pissed off at home. Their fans are going to go crazy. It's a night game there. Um, you know, USC, when USC is rocking, you know, the whole Western side of the country is kind of like, all right, they are, you know, they're coming to our house. They're the team to beat. I just think they're going to be jacked up. I mean, Cam Rising is still a great quarterback. He was doing everything he could to keep Utah in that game last week. Um, but, you know, USC, I know they don't have a lot of fans that come to games at home. But going to an environment like Utah is something, you know, that Caleb Williams, you know, he's used to in the Big 12 when, you know, Oklahoma will go on the road. This is going to be a rabid fan base starving because if Utah loses a third game, this season's already an abject failure. But you lose a third game, you know, like in mid-October, it's like, well, guys, what what the heck happened here? Like, this was supposed to be our year. Now we're, I think, a game over 500. Like, what what happened? So I think Utah's going to win this game. Kyle Whittingham's going to get the guys ready to go. I just don't see Utah losing back-to-back games. You know, like you were kind of touched on, Joe, a failure of a season, I guess you could say already. Their playoff chances pretty much done. I mean, I think they would need a miracle to happen, if not totally done. But they can still win the Pac-12, And uh, but I think USC has other plans. I like USC in this one outright on the road, 30-28. to 28. So USC plus three and a half, under 60 and a half. They're making a playoff push in the first year under Lincoln. And when you look at Utah, the two best teams they've played against, Florida and UCLA, they've lost. Florida, nothing special. UCLA, maybe something special. Still not totally sold on them. But USC hasn't beaten anybody either. Almost lost to Oregon State, a team that Utah whooped up on. Um, but kind of like TCU and Oklahoma State, these two teams are really identical in their scoring offense and scoring defense. 40.2 points per game. For USC, and they're allowing 18.7. Then you look at Utah scoring 40.3 points per game and allowing 19. So really close neck-and-neck teams right there. Uh, But when you look at the two games that Utah has lost, it's been to teams with mobile quarterbacks, Dorian Thompson-Robinson and Anthony Richardson. 
Caleb Williams, another mobile quarterback coming to the table here. He's a guy who's like looking to do most of his damage with his arms. But if you watch Monday Night Football last night, guy like Patrick Mahomes, he's mobile. He can move. He's looking to beat you with his arm, but on like key third downs or key plays, he's going to use his legs if he needs to get a first down. And Caleb Williams can do just that. Utah hasn't proven that they can stop a quarterback like that this year. Anthony Richardson had his best game versus them. DTR had another really good game last week. And combine that with the dangerous arm as well, I think it gives Caleb Williams and USC an edge in this one, get an upset win, and propel themselves even further into the playoff consideration. So USC 30, Utah 28, plus 3.5 for USC and under 60.5. All right, best bet time. (laughs) This is definitely the worst bet, probably the worst bet you could ever place coming from me. If you bet on this one, you're a real sicko. We're going over 37 and a half in New Mexico versus New Mexico State. Did a lot of research on this one. It's all going to get proven wrong. Over the total has hit over this in nine of their 12 games combined between these two teams. So nine of these, nine of their 12 games combined, it's been over 37 and a half. I think this game is bad, sloppy football, a lot of busted coverages, missed tackles, so on. The two teams are combining to allow 55 a game, but they both only combine to score 33 a game. Still, you take those averages, you're looking at about 44 points per game, That's and all you need is 38 for the over to hit. Also, both these teams combine to allow 740 yards of offense per game. So if either of these teams are going to have like a good offensive showing this year, it's in this one. I'm all in on this one. Um, little side note, though, as well, both starting quarterbacks for these teams – more interceptions and touchdowns by double, I believe. I think it was like three and six and two and seven, um, which is just funny to note. But I'm going to trust my research on this one, all the math, all the numbers I did to convince myself into that. But 10-3 final, it's probably going to be. Can't hit one of these bets to save my life. Tried to stick to basic last week with Alabama. We're going to a crazy one this week. New Mexico, New Mexico State over 37 and a half. Man, I love when we get the Rio Grande rivalry on the show, Coil. But oh my goodness, when I saw this, when I was scrolling through right before we started, and I saw that was your best bet. I was, uh, I don't know, I can't talk a lot of crap. I had Akron, Ohio over last week as my best bet. Um, that being said, though, my best bet this week is Kentucky plus seven at home against Mississippi State in the other ranked ranked game. Mississippi State's number 16 in the country, going to number 22, Kentucky. The game's on SEC Network. Just insert my rant about. Syracuse NC State being on the ACC network, and there you go. Um, this is the second biggest game of the night slate, in my opinion. Um, Will Levis is a little banged up. I, I don't really care, though. I mean, this is a Kentucky team, you know. Lose this game going into the bye. They're sitting there with three losses. Like, once again, guys, what the heck, what the heck just happened? Like, we're already the season's over. Will Levis, maybe not the number one pick. To no one's surprise. I, I, I don't know. Uh, this Kentucky team is weird, though. I think they're disciplined. I definitely think they're going to cover seven at home. This Mississippi State team that's riding way too high with this air raid. You know, I think their quarterback, I'm blanking on his name, just broke the Will completions Rogers. record. Will Rogers in 18 games broke the all-time SEC completions record. Like, that's crazy. You have one bad game throwing the football. Mississippi State is probably going to lose a game by 15 points. Uh, so give me Kentucky plus seven. 
All right, time for the upset special. I had Jayhawks last week, close but no cigar. You had the midshipmen, though. Hats off to you. I had that one in the bet slip. I'm going with the game you just talked about for my upset special. We have Kentucky plus seven. Obviously, our upset special only counts if hits on the money line. Plus 225 at home versus Mississippi State. I think it's great value. Uh, kind of some of the same reasons that you were saying, Joe, but I think this Kentucky program has became a very, very solid program over the year, three, last few years, and very stable. Like they're going to be like a eight and four to ten and two range, I think, going forward as long as Mark Stoops is there. I think he's a great coach, and I don't see him allowing them to drop three games in a row, especially with this one being at home. They lose this one, then you, like you said, Joe, things start to spiral out of control. That program stability that you really have built up over these last four or five years really building this program from the bottom up starts to kind of fall, fall apart. And you don't want that to happen. Think this game is like bigger than just this individual game or this individual season. It's kind of like a long-term stability thing where you don't want all that hard work that you've built up this program. You have the potential number one overall pick in the NFL draft coming out of your school this year. You just don't want to lose like that kind of luster and stuff with this program. So I think this is a big spot for the program. They find a way to win at home. Keep building all that stability that they have. They have to find a way to win this game. So give me Kentucky at home over Mississippi State outright, plus 225, some really good value there. My upset pick is surprising in terms of when I'm you know, looking at the spread. I have Florida State over Clemson. It's my big upset of the week. Unranked team hosting number four Clemson. This is a Florida State fan base that is starving to get back. They're off to a good start this year. You know, I know they have two losses, but they were to probably State and Wake Forest. Two-point loss to NC State. Game they really could have won. And their kicker was having a terrible game, so their coach, uh, you know, Norvell opted to go for it on fourth down. Terrible call. You know, kind of let that game, you know, kind of snatch your defeat from the jaws of victory type thing. They lose by 10 at home to Wake Forest, you know, after all the hurricane stuff. They're only plus three and a half on the spread. They're only plus 158 on the money line. So I know Vegas doesn't consider them that heavy uh, underdogs. So that's kind of telling to me now that's probably a sucker line or what they call it, a rat line. So Clemson's probably going to win by 30. But um, definitely something to keep an eye on. I mean, Clemson, you know, kind of sleep. You know, they had that big game against Wake Forest. Now they're kind of just, you know, they beat NC State too in the primetime game. You know, Boston College, I mean, I think you and I could go figure out Boston College right now. Um, get the boys from Lake. I think we're going to put up a fight. Um, you know, Sleptwalk last week didn't really have to try on the road. Now they're going to Florida State, whose fan base wants, you know, hates them. A couple years ago, this was the big rivalry in the ACC. Now it's kind of died down, obviously, because Florida State hasn't been good. But uh, that being said, giving the Seminoles over the Tigers. All right, well, that'll do it for week seven before we head out, New Mexico or New Mexico State, who wins outright. Give me give me the Aggies. Give me New Mexico State. I think Jerry Kill's really going to turn it around there. By turn it around, I mean All right. win three games a year probably. All right, I'll ride with the Aggies there as well. Uh, it's teed up. It's ready to go. Enjoy it this weekend.